Baby bottle pop, baby bottle pop. I never had a baby bottle pop. That's right, we're a Riverdale recap podcast here to talk about chapter 108 Ex Libris by Aaron Allen, directed by Ruba Nada. Did you ever have a baby bottle pop? Absolutely not. Did you have a ring pop? I had ring pops. No, I, th- I thought they would be infantilizing. They, like, I don't know why they can't just make, like, ring pops as, like, an actual, like, normal sucker, because, like, they're good. Speaking of babies, and pop, I guess, uh, uh, Jughead begins this episode by narrating, narrating the uh, disappointment in the Andrews home after the negative results of the test. No babies. No babies. No babies. No babies. Well, it's disappointing for... In, in different ways. Yeah, so Betty's yeah. like, oh, thank God. I'm so relieved. Uh, yeah. And Archie's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, relief. And she's <laughs> like, wait, are you disappointed? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, this is exactly what I said would happen. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, so he he's all like, you know, I was just, I was looking forward to, like, a life with you. And she's like... How would we have raised a child? Like, my parents are crazy. And he's like, but my dad was the best. And she was like, well, yeah, but... She's trying to talk about how it's probably good that they're not having a kid because they don't have the best, like, uh, role models. And, like, you are talking to the only guy in town with two good parents. The only guy in town with any good parents... Until FP had, like, a face turn very late in Jughead's youth. I mean, she was mostly referring to herself, but (laughs) yeah. Yeah, and, like, Archie's starting to get through to her, like, starting to, like, open her up to the idea, but in the end they're just like, uh, oh, well, but, like, you know you can try to have kids, right? Like, you can, you can just try if you want. I don't think she's that on board yet. (laughs) Otherwise, that suggestion would have maybe happened. But she seemed kind of like, it just wasn't the time. It just wasn't to be. Because, quote, maybe the universe wants us to stop the bad guys first. You know, you really got to focus your energies. Uh, It's hard to do it all. You don't want burnout. This show can't even maintain a dog on screen. You think they're going to give you a baby? Where's your nephew and niece, Betty? Where are they? No idea. (laughs) No fucking idea where those children are. I don't know. Eating people? (laughs) Starting a little cult at the elementary school? Who the fuck knows? Meanwhile, uh, you know, last last time we saw vet, uh, vet, veggie, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, they... Last time we saw Broccoli Rob... (laughs) They were very broccoli. Like, Rob is what I call my name. Uh, is what I call my friend Robert. Yeah, he loves broccoli. They were very like, yeah. This is just we need to part ways. This is like sad, but we also like understand it. And now they're just like, fuck you, fuck you. You were awful. You're awful. Take your shit. Get out of here. There's been a vibe shift. <laughs> like, you know what? What happened? So, it is such a different vibe than where we left them. 
So yeah, they're just shouting at each other and delivering way, way too rehearsed lines throughout the whole thing. Like, you get the feeling that both of them have been breaking up with the other in their head for months, and they can finally say their internal monologues out loud. Reggie's all like, well, it's good I'm getting out of here, because uh, I wouldn't want to end up dead. Mm. And she's like, well, what do you mean by that? Well, you're the Black Widow of Wall Street. Mm. Um, he also was like, well, at least now you can hook up with Geraldo. Like, like Reggie is on fire, honestly. <laughs> like, he is just like, boom, 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 boom. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, dang, dude. <laughs> so, yeah, he's all like, you know, you're going to hook up with Geraldo. And she's like, no, uh, Geraldo who? Uh, like, what are you talking about? I don't like him. About 25 minutes from now, she's going to hook up with Geraldo. She hooks up with Geraldo. It's, it's worth saying that now. <laughs> He's got your number. We, we go back to Jughead, mm-hmm. who's like, in his narration, and like, oh, yes. And as for us, Tabitha, FYI, is in Albany trying to get... Uh, pops, you know, under historic registry. So mm-hmm. that's why we're not going to see her in this entire episode, FYI. <laughs> it's a full episode. <laughs> we don't see Tony. We don't see Fangs. There's a lot of people that I, had to be set in, in the back drawer. I have a theory about why we don't see them that we're going to wait for a little yeah, bit yeah. here. We, we have to describe what the plot is that's so overstuffed before we talk about why some people aren't in it. Yes. It's like, you know, as the you know, world's changed overnight and everyone's just waiting to know what Percival's first move as mayor is. And you know what it is? It's it's closing the public library and knocking on everyone's door to get overdue library books. Mm-hmm. For a now defunct library that does not need them. And people can't just pay the fee, which was definitely in the thousands of dollars. They have to give the book, otherwise they're going to arrest them. But they can. They can. He offers it as an option, but apparently the fee schedule at Riverdale Public Library is so exorbitant, almost no one practically can. And when someone tries, he just says, please don't do that, and they listen. (laughs) Yes, it's really stupid. It's really fucking stupid. So they're just like, oh, okay, I won't write you this check for the money you want. So, no, no, what he wants is uh, for them to track down an exact copy. The exact book, and if you, the book, and if you don't have the book that that was loaned, an exact, like, same uh, uh, printing, same publisher, even though some of these are, like, fucking public domain books. Yes. And uh, until you get it, he is going to take something for collateral. Yes. And so Which, like... You can't fucking do. <laughs> well, for like. Well, he the- can, and the reason is a mind control powers. B. He has two sheriff's deputies with shotguns every time he makes one of these house calls, like cocking their guns <laughs> in about in Jughead's living room, li- in Tabitha's living room. Let's be clear. So, oh, and they're shutting down the library because obviously it's going to be turned into a hotel for the railroad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How? Many hotel rooms, realistically, could you put inside your average public library? Like, I've, I've been to several small-town public libraries in my time, and I'm going to say the answer is four maximum. This is a hotel that doesn't have laundry facilities, yeah, in my mind. It's not like it's the fucking Harold Washington Library that no. has, like, nine floors. No. 
this, this is a small town library that like is in an old Victorian house. Very probably. The, the show has never gone to the library that yeah. I recall. So Percival comes to Jughead first and he is looking for a lost copy of Metamorphosis. By Kafka. And You can Jughead's just look like, it up online. It's public domain. And Jughead's like, that was like 10 years ago. I was homeless then. <laughs> I don't know where it is. <laughs> Percival takes as collateral oh, the book man. that was given, uh, that was his grandfather's. Yes, his grandfather's signed and inscribed copy of his novel, the very first Baxter Brothers novel, as you will recall. Yes. Oh, oh. And Jughead's like, no, 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 no. Why don't you take the signed first edition of this other thing that's like worth money? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm taking this. As they cock guns at him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, so then he goes... Then we see the scene play out four more times. Yes. Yes. So he uh, then goes to Archie, um, and he is looking for um, a book on songwriting from the heart. <laughs> yes. Um, and he's like, oh, your music teacher must have recommended it. Um, again, you He knows this- a lot about Geraldine Grundy. Oh, yeah. Or, or the woman who stole the identity of Geraldine Grundy. And so, as collateral, he takes the guitar, which he knows was like, oh, that's the guitar Miss Grundy taught you on. Mm-hmm, I'm going to mm-hmm. take that. And Archie's like, I'm going to break both your arms. And Percival's like, not with this little nugget, as he waves palladium in his face. And Archie's like, fuck. <laughs> not with this little nugget. This I went to McDonald's. Nugget. They gave nugget. me a toy and I didn't even have to ask because I'm a big boy. So so here's an idea. <laughs> like, I know I know Percival can just be like, I got a nugget. Mm-hmm. And that, like, works. But, like, what if he, like, ground up some palladium and then had, like, nugget dust? Yes. And, like, could just, like, flick it at him and be like, ha, 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 you're covered in dust. And then it's, like, in Archie's lungs and he's lost his power yeah, forever. Yeah, he, like, breathes it in. Or Percival wants to be a little fancy, wants to be a little flamboyant. He makes glitter out of ground-up palladium. He just, like... He makes body glitter. Boop, boop. It's like at the Ren Fair where they're, like, doop, doop, doop. Yeah, with, with their the little the... fairy wands. Yeah. 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 Like, bippity-boppity-boo. And then your sweat runs and makes, like, little streaks through it because it's 105 degrees and there's no shade. Because the Renaissance Festival must always happen when it is sweltering and you can die of heat stroke. Everyone's eating fried cheese and pickles from a barrel and you're dying. You're going to die. As you're dressed in, like, four layers and leather. I love it. There's a 63-year-old professional clown who is shouting at you for tips while you're hallucinating from heat stroke. It's the best. <laughs> there is nothing like the Renaissance Festival. Yeah, it's quarantined. I love it. <laughs> uh, so over at Veronica's, he's looking for a Kiss of the Spider Woman. Yeah. We can talk about it more when things get underway, but some of these books, for the the events that will occur, their plots are tied into it. And some of them, like in this case, it's just a very direct use of the title because the content of Kiss of the Spider Woman has nothing to do with kisses or spiders. There is women, technically. That's good to know. 
know, because I've actually uh, never touched it because spiders, scary, don't like. It's about two men locked in prison together talking. One of them talks a lot about some movies he saw, and they start a, a romantic relationship, but it turns out one of them was an informer for the state, and so that's oh. how they got set up together. I did not know. I actually honestly thought it was about spiders. <laughs> or, like... That's how much I don't like them. I wasn't even going to go check out the description. <laughs> so obviously, this episode's great for me with the way some stuff goes. Um, but yeah, so Veronica's the one that's like, She just oh, gets out her checkbook. How much do I owe you? Thousand, I have thousands of dollars. Apparently, business is booming compared to a week or two ago. And he's all like, oh, no, no, no. Let's not do that. And she's just like... Okay. Hey, okay, fine. Then what are you here for then? And he's like, uh, I'm going to take your daddy painting as collateral. And she's, she's like, like, great. Okay. Am I supposed to care? She's like, I'd really like it gone. Nothing like, you do can drag me into the A plot. I'm Veronica Lodge. I live in Babylonium Island. Never for other plots to touch me. No, thank you. And so then he goes to Cheryl, and he's looking for flowers in the attic. Now this is a great pick. The most famously incestual book of all time. <laughs> of course that's what she has. Um, and so he's like, oh, and you know, it's written by so-and-so. And she's like, I know who wrote it, you crumpet-eating buffoon. <laughs> <laughs> I love crumpet-eating buffoon. I know who wrote it. I lived it. My brother and I, wink, wink, do you get it, man? <laughs> And so we go through the whole, like, oh, like, where did I last have it? And she's like, oh, I probably last had it when I was, like, with this friend. And he's like, oh, Heather? <gasps> like, how the fuck you know that? <gasps> uh, and so she's all like, well, you know, you're playing with fire. And he's all like, oh, would you burn us all? Referring to his, you know, yeah, deputies. Yeah. And she's all like, no, I just burn you. And he's like, oh, well, I ordered them to shoot you in the head. If the police force is this ready and willing to decapitate someone via gunshot for defunct library late fees. Yes. We should abolish the police, starting with these ones. They, they are especially heinous. Yes. Riverdale, then Chicago, New York, and Los Angeles, then the rest of the country. So Percival's collateral is taking the trunk that has Jason's burned corpse. And he knows it. Who told him? Because she's like, oh, I got to empty it first. And he's like, oh, no, no. We'll take very good care of your brother. And so these deputies also know it and that she is pyrokinetic. Yep. We don't do secrets on this show these days. We just we just don't. We just, No, no. He just knows. Uh, and so then uh, Percival does not visit Betty, but Alice calls and she's like, hey, Percival needs that, uh, your, your book on, uh... On small engine repair? <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is actually really good. I love it. And, uh, she's like, but, like, I couldn't find it, so as collateral, I gave him a copy of her diary. Aren't you glad we didn't burn it? Yeah, yeah, and it turns out it's one of her very old diaries, like, 12 years old diary. Yeah. 
Um, and so then he goes to Reggie. At Mantle Motors, of course. Uh, and he is looking for a book that, uh, teaches children with dyslexia how to read. And Reggie keeps track of his shit. He's got it in a filing cabinet behind his desk because he's still trying to learn to read. And he's like, okay, here you go. He, He was sad, but he was like, here, it's fine. And Percival, like... Kind of doesn't know what to do. Yeah. Like, was yeah. not expecting that. I was like... He's, he's a little bit on the back foot, uh, and Reggie's like, oh, is there something else? And so he just takes a moment to think of a cool line, we'll leave the matter of your debt for another day, and then just leaves. It's like, oh, okay. Oh, all right. Uh. So, so then they have a group meeting. Yeah, everyone but Reggie. Yes. Uh, gets together... To, to talk about how ridiculous a scheme this is, what the fuck is this, and why. I love that uh, Veronica's like, you know, my dad was awful, but he didn't, like, shut down any libraries. I just, like, <laughs> want to go on record. Sure, he murdered a lot of people. Some of them were librarians, but I don't think that was connected. Uh, and Betty's like, have you ever heard of anyone being arrested for, like, overdue library books? And Jughead brings us back to reality with yes. Yes. Betty, you're a cop. Yes. Of course you don't realize (laughs) that this happens. Betty, let me just float you an idea. There is someone who you think might maybe be a serial killer on the slightest shred of evidence. Would you arrest them for library fees to buy time? Yep. Yes, she would. She would. Absolutely she would. She would do it. She she would check out a book in their name Mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. do it. And also, Betty, you've known a lot of of law enforcement professionals who are less scrupulous than you and aren't specifically (laughs) focused on serial killers. Might they do the same for any number of other reasons? Yeah. Betty, Betty, can we think for a second? Betty's apparently also missed, like, all the uh, libraries across the country that are completely getting rid of library fees Mm -hmm. because of how... And seeing their use and revenues increase. Yes, because people can actually come back. (laughs) They can utilize it. They're not held because they lost some book 10 years ago that they can't pay for. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When I was moving out of my dorm in college, I found a library book the day I was leaving under my sofa. (laughs) Like, I thought I had returned all my books. And I was like, oh, let me make sure I didn't miss anything. And there were, I think it was actually two library books I checked out. Mm-hmm. They were under the sofa. Small engine repair and songwriting from the heart. I'm pretty sure they were on like costuming or something. But <laughs> I was like, holy shit, I would have been so fucked. So yes, Tony, Fangs, presumably in town, not in the episode. You know why? They can't read. No. They used the Southside library that closed many years ago, so, like, their late fees don't matter in this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's what I think. That's what I think. That's what I think. They, they waived all late fees upon closing the library like a normal library closing would. I can't, like, if you close the library, who is left to care? Who is left to collect? In this case, it's the self-elected mayor. Wild, but it's okay. It's not really about the library. No. But they think it is, is the thing. Yeah. In this meeting, they're all like, why does he want these books so bad? And Cheryl's like... You fucking morons! He wants your shit! He obviously wants your shit! They still don't, like, really get there. No! But at least Cheryl's kind of like, mm-mm, something's up with this shit. I don't know what yet, but, like... 
there's something here. Yeah, it smells of sorcery. But even her working theory is that it's the power of books because books are such powerful things. No, it's the painting. And it's a, a Jughead's grandpa's book, not the fucking metamorphosis. Yes. It's the guitar, not the book. Uh, so Kevin is with Percival and uh, Percival's explaining this whole whole thing and uh, how, you know, yes, he's really going after them for library books because like, the, you know, they claim they love the town, but mm-hmm. isn't the worst thing to do to steal from a place you love? Aren't they hypocrites? This is theft. This is city property. And he's like, mm. so I must punish them accordingly. And Kevin's a little like, you're, you're not going to like hurt them. Right? (laughs) Uh, And he's like, oh, you're doubting me? Well, uh, I'm looking for another book. Where's Lord of the Flies? It should have been finishing the hat, right? It should have been like a play. Mm -hmm, Or like, mm -hmm. you know, the... The the collected works of Arthur Miller. Yeah. Yeah. Or like a songbook. Like... Hundred uh, yes. songs for males for auditions or One, something. One hundred and one show-stopping classics. Yes, to yeah. land your next gig. <laughs> uh, I also love one of Percival's first lines in this scene when Kevin is speaking with disbelief that everybody was willing to, to give up something so close to them. Quote, men with guns, the greatest form of persuasion. You know what? You're not wrong, you know? True, when they have rifles. Should I bring the pump-action persuader or the bolt-action persuader? So Kevin runs away to go look for his book. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And Percival pulls out the largest fucking matches I've ever seen. So he can chant in Latin and light his His black black pillar candles. Yes! (laughs) I wish... I wish they had black flames. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I wish they would have done a little special effect there to give them black flames. But no, no, they're just black... And so next morning, uh, Archie does still work at the school uh, doing R-R-O-T-C. You can't spell erotic with art without R-R-O-T-C sort of-ish. Oh, my phone kept trying to autocorrect it to erotic. <laughs> that happened like four times. Again, this. a thing the show has stopped trying to be. It only gets more like obvious every week. No one even makes out this week. Yes, they do. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Yeah, they do. One. One. He walks in on his kiddos who are like, oh my god, Sarge. Yeah, not Coach, Sarge. Because like, they found because they found old yearbooks. And they're like, you played the variety show and like sang music? Oh my god, you're like such a dweeb. He is embarrassed and upset and just, he has an unusually strong uh, emotional reaction to this. I'm also like... Kids, you're an R-R-O-T-C. Like, you're not ones to talk. Like, what the... F- you can't, like, be like, oh, you are such a geek. You could at least join the football team. Then you'd get to hang out with a girl. <laughs> Brit is pretty cool. I'm just like, what? <laughs> like, it's not like you're any cooler. Like, you guys are totally fine. Like, what? You hang out in sweatpants all day at school. What's your... What's? Where do you get off, kid? I don't, I don't, like, what? And I'm like, Archie, why are you fucking being bullied by children? You can give them detention or expel them. Like, what? You can fail them. You can ruin their lives. Like, don't let the kids bully you. 
So over at Mantle Motors, uh, uh, Reggie's, of course, being dealt in another hand, because it's all he does all fucking day. Nobody's buying cars these days. And they, uh, and so, you know, it, it's his turn to go around in the bedding, and he looks down at his hands, and he doesn't know what the fuck <laughs> cards he's got. It's like fucking, like, Rorschach, like, images going on. They made some really cool-looking props to simulate dyslexia for the non-dyslexic viewer. Yes. As a non-dyslexic viewer, I would be interested in uh, uh, an expert opinion on how well this communicates it, like, realistically. Is this what looking at something and not quite getting it feels like? But it certainly yeah. immediately communicates that's what they're trying to do, too. Yeah. You know? I am interested in that, because, like... I've never thought of it as, like, mushy shapes and stuff, but, like, letters and stuff getting swapped around and moved around. Kind of like his comic book later. Yeah. Although those letters are also stretched and skewed in a, as well as being flipped and rotated I guess and I guess it's because it's using... Because it's playing cards, so it has only numbers and then shapes, so making the shapes mm-hmm. a different shape, I guess, is supposed to do that. Yeah, yeah. So I think it makes more sense since the comic book doesn't quite... They didn't go for shapes. They went for moving letters. But anyway, they're really cool looking. I mean, yeah. They look cool. If these go up in like a prop auction sometime like five years from now, I, I might take a second look. Yeah, so he then he did like, be like, oh, I don't got anything. And like runs to his desk and pulls out a comic, mm-hmm, as mm-hmm. we mentioned, that has like jumbled language. And he's like, what the fuck? The title is completely illegible. Yes. Uh, so meanwhile... Um, Betty is uh, getting a report about the latest description of uh, TBK. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, they, they've updated the profile to be, as Betty notes, the most generic and useless serial killer profile ever. And as a white male loner in his 30s, <laughs> <laughs> I'm suddenly very aware of how much the FBI thinks I've killed more than one person. It's okay. I'm the one that was on History Honeys in this show that says a lot of things that probably has the FBI actually listening to me. You don't fit the profile. This is true. I can sneak by and actually go kill someone. Okay, let's go you're, murder. You're a very sociable woman. You don't fit the profile. I do say I'm the most extroverted introvert. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because I'm very social, but I also would like to just live in a hole and never have to talk to a person. I'm perfectly content with that. Like, do not need to have social interaction. So while she's having this little work confab with her agent friend, uh, uh, there is a janitor cleaning up. They, they also have support staff at the FBI. Who knew? Who knew? And uh, just the whiff of bleach gives her a vision of her father walking well, around. So at first she's like, oh my god, I'm going to throw up. And I'm like, did Percival make you pregnant? <laughs> This is immediately what I thought. What if, though? What if it's a false negative? The test could be a false negative. I mean, this is true. This is true. If it's not dark, it's before 9 a.m. Those are the only time scenes exist, so this is morning sickness. (laughs) But yeah, so she looks up at the janitor, and it's her dad. Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then she blinks, and it's not. So Jughead is, is living the bachelor life, of course, while Tabitha is lobbying. Uh, and as he's typing, typing sucks. Typing sucks because he's developed raw, uh, uh, like, even bloody sores on his hands. Yeah. It's gross. Yeah. It's gonna get grosser, but it's gross. Uh, Veronica, um, 
slaps a spider that's on her painting of her face. Of her own self face, yeah. yes. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, Betty goes to per- Percival and she's like, dude. Purvisal. Per- Perfival. <laughs> Betty goes and sees Mr. Perv. <laughs> so I, I think I was trying to say pervert, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so Betty goes to see Perf mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she's like I want my fucking diary back And he's like No <laughs> <laughs> And this is where it's weird she, she doesn't just say give it back She's like that wasn't my mom's to give You basically robbed me Give it back Like She has a justification and, and they have a little conversation because she notices a big bottle of bleach on the counter. And she's like, why do you got that? At this point, uh, uh, Toonami VHSs are themselves antiques. So they really fit in in the oddity shop. It's not bleach the anime. I'm sorry. Sorry to get your hopes up. And he says a whole bunch of stuff. And he's like, oh, and did you know that, like, scents can trigger memories? Mm-hmm. And she's like, give me my diary. And he's like, no. He's like, but I'll let you read it here. And she's like, fine. And I'm like, what? What? You came here to get it. You didn't come here to, like, read it. Are well, you going to, like, destroy it while you read it? And Percival directs her to the reading nook in the, the curiosity shop. And also directs one of the deputies to watch over her so she doesn't get up to funny business. So imagine... You've wanted to be a cop all your life. Suddenly, the Riverdale Sheriff's Department is hiring in a big way. Mm-hmm. And your posting is to loom over people in the reading nook of an antique store with a shotgun. Here's my theory. Is that a great job or an awful job? Here's my theory. Percival is using techniques like the Chicago Police Department is by hosting recruitment uh, events for police officers at the neighborhood Culver's. Mm-hmm, and you mm-hmm. get a free ice cream if you sign up. And he's bringing Culver's in to feed the, the tourists that will eventually come and also drive Pops out of business. Yes. Because of their much larger advertising budget. Yes. Okay. Seriously, though, this is totally a post that I saw on Facebook the other yes, day. Yes, yes. Like, come by and get a free ice cream if you sign up to be a cop. What the fuck? I would understand it if it was like, get a free ice cream if you apply to work at Culver's. Right? <laughs> Culver's is the only blue I back, and this is making me, uh, and this is giving me second thoughts. Hey, there's only one Culver's. I don't think it was necessarily like a, a Culver's brand okay. decision. Is it our neighborhood one? No. Okay. All right. All right. I mean, I guess they have to give free ice cream because otherwise what's going to be like, sign up to be a cop and we'll just give you a gun while we decide <laughs> if we're hiring you. Well, the bacon burgers would be a little on the nose. <laughs> so... Cheryl is at home. See, this this is the real reason there's no fangs, Tony or Tabitha. It's it's a double stuffed We're episode again. Check in on everyone. After last week, you thought that was no pedal to the metal again. So Cheryl is reading her little book, and uh, she hears laughing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so she goes to find the laughing, and she goes upstairs uh, to the bedroom attic, and. There is a figure figure under a sheet in the bed, and, and it's giggling, and she pulls the sheet, and all that's left is a bunch of roses, and she's like, flowers in the attic indeed. Frighteningly literal interpretation of this book by title alone. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, <laughs> but but up until that point, cool scene, effective scene. Yeah. You know, because it made me think of that fantastic Doctor Who episode. Listen. Yeah. That, it's, it's so good. <laughs> you know what would have also been a good choice if she heard that, but it was just like Juniper, and she was like, "Oh yeah, I forgot you exist." <laughs> Um, so over at the school, uh, Archie hears cello playing coming mm-hmm, from the mm-hmm. music room, and he goes to look in, and he sees zombie Miss Grundy. Yes, yes, and she is playing the cello. I, I, I mean, the only way you can describe the physical performance as is a as a zombie might do. Yes. The way her head is just like hung down to yes. one side and her knees are wide apart. She's just hunched and crunched and yeah. it's really cool. And uh, it cuts to Percival in the back room of his store playing the same song on another cello. Is he puppeting her? Is- it looked like he was playing it on the guitar. It has to be the cello because of the music, but it honestly looked like the guitar head. Because like mm-hmm. a guitar has like a different neck than a cello and mm-hmm. in the quick cut i was like is that the guitar it it is very poorly lit he does not have any lamps on in this room uh but archie's freaked the fuck out because not only is he seeing zombie miss grundy but he's having like flashbacks to their relationship yes yes the that four episode epic romance but but i mean this it's... episode is paying off everything we've been saying about miss grundy we have taken years, but we're finally addressing some of the problems and that we never addressed. We're an Archie scene or two away from explicitly saying it out loud with words for the first time. Yes. Then we go to Jughead, who has the grossest fu- fucking scene. Yeah. His this ha- is worse than spiders. His hands have gotten way worse. He's peeling bits off of himself. I won't say which, but it's really gross. Yep. He's thinking in terms of the metamorphosis, the book, you know, Franz Kafka, Gregor Samsa woke up, transformed into a cockroach, but he just woke up as a cockroach. It was sudden. It was just overnight. This is the fly. You're thinking of the fly. Got a little confused on our bugs. (laughs) This is Jeff Goldblum. Uh, So Reggie storms into the curiosity shop and he's like, I need my book. I could read. Mm-hmm. And I need that book back so I can read. And yeah, he's like, it's like kind of important to run a business or five. And Percival's like, mm, no, but are you interested in this uh, Glamour J. Ake? And he says, why would I want that? <laughs> but Percival mind controls him and is like, yeah. take this to Veronica. And he's like, okay. And he also compliments Reggie as a a, a man who always knows where an opportunity can be found. Oh, yeah. He's just trying to bring him on side bit by bit, you know. Mm -hmm. So uh, over at Archie's, uh, Betty and Archie are together. And Betty's all like, you know, I had this really weird thing happen where, like, guy was mopping, smelt bleach, had a flashback to my dad. uh, And then I read my diary and it was from when I was 12. And she she explains how she was reading the small engine repairs book. This is amazing. Because she's not just a 12-year-old girl reading a book about small engine repair. No. She's bundled up under a blanket fort with, with a, flashlight. a flashlight in hand to look at diagrams of spark plugs. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what a special child. 
and she loved it so much that she had to go she downstairs. Had to go tell her daddy what she learned about carburetors. And, and, <laughs> and so she finds him in the garage, uh, and he is cleaning their car with bleach. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she's like, what's that smell? And he's like, oh, it's a disinfectant. Your mommy uses it sometimes. And you know how dirty a car can get. Don't don't worry about it. And so back in, like, current day, Betty, to Archie, she's like, you know, it seems so obvious now. We didn't know when he started killing people. Fuck off. Yes, you did. You fucking did. You know exactly when he started killing people. That speech she gave at the end of season one contained his brainwashed trigger phrase that we learned from the home movies when he was a child with his mom. It was a big fucking deal. You know exactly when he started killing people. I hate this shit. We seem to have forgotten that because we think, oh, "Oh, he was killing people and cleaning the blood out of our car. Oh, God, I hate that. I hate when they retcon shit and pretend like they aren't even doing it. Yeah. Yeah. So frustrating, because this is an episode that does have a good degree of care for other really old plots, other really old bits. Uh, uh, Archie's plot is all about uh, the very beginning of the show, obviously. Jughead's bit, we haven't gotten to when they start making these connections, but it's about his uh, fourth season stuff in a really interesting and cool way. But we can't remember the second season. Just anything in between, we just forget. Uh, Whoops. They could have, like, dealt with this so differently. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But no. At least point out that, oh, we thought this, but we're wrong. I'll be disappointed, but I won't be angry like I am right now. Yeah, because it could have been like, does this mean it was happening before then? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, what, do I not know everything? Do I, like, there's so many things it could have been. But so she's like, oh, Archie, what about you? Is anything going on? And no, he's nothing. like, I, no, I want to talk. Uh-uh, no, uh-uh. no, no, I'm fine. Everything's fine. I'm great. I gotta go lift weights. Yep. Gotta go, go, go do grunty things. Grunt, grunt. Did you say grunty things? No! <laughs> there was a T in, in there. <laughs> Jughead goes back to the alley. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, because he thinks that he left his book with Doc, and he's got to try to find if, if Doc left it behind. And I'm like, well, that was a while ago. Yeah. If it's there, it's probably, if it was there, it's probably not there. Because remember, it was like completely empty and cleared out. Like nothing was left. But he does go and he comes across uh, this guy, Hank, who's in a wheelchair. Yeah. And uh, he's the first person to think to like ask someone what exactly happened to the people who used to live there. Well, I will say when they went to the alley. There was no there one There was ask. no one. Apparently we haven't gone back since that day to know if anyone has been there. Because Sketch Alley is Sketch Alley again. Just with Lonely Hank. Yes. Uh, you know, Jughead's like, you know, there are a bunch of people who used to live here. Do, do you know what happened? And he's like, yeah, this British dude came and told us to walk west and not stop until we hit the ocean. I'm saying I called it. If you accept the show doesn't know the difference between a river and the ocean. Yeah. And uh, uh, when you think about the tuna cannery facility, there is precedent that the show doesn't know the difference between the river and an ocean. It's true. <laughs> I have said all along that he just told everybody to walk into a body of water. 
We have clarified it was the ocean. Yeah, yes. And the Pacific one at the Yes. Head. And uh, so Hank's like, and that's what everyone did. It's it's like they were mind control. And Jughead's like, and you didn't go with them? And he's like, he said walk. <laughs> As he like scoots his wheelchair around like, that's the one thing I can't do. Like, so Percival Pickens' great weakness is that his mind commands kind of work on genie rules or, like, overly literal interpretation? Yes. <laughs> and so, so okay, he rounded everybody up on a bus and he dropped them off somewhere and said, all right, everybody, walk west until you get to the ocean. Oh, no, he didn't wind them, like, put them on a bus. He literally came to Sketch Alley and was like, walk west. So, yeah, everybody but Hank starts going and he looks down at Hank and he says... Well played, old man. We'll meet again. My most devious foe, Hank. So, he just gave up on Hank? And so let's, like, think about this, too. Like, these... He's <laughs> just like, this is fine. You stay. Whatever. As everyone else goes to walk across all the mountains and the plains and everything else. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If his mind control is so literal that a wheelchair user cannot follow a command to walk, that tells me everybody else must walk. Nobody's, you know, hitching. No. Nobody's getting on. Nobody's riding the rails. It's like uh, the the Doctor Who episode where everyone's standing on the edge of the building. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, complete mind control while you do it. Which means, which means it's been long enough. Enough time has passed. That Doc is at Long Beach right now? Well, he says later Venice. Venice Beach. Yes. Yeah. And like, let's let's think about this too. So like, they're in New York. Yes. So if he's saying you have to walk west, that means straight west. Because it's not northwest. It's not southwest. It's west. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So they're going to go through... If they're going perfectly east to west, they're going to wind up in northern California... (laughs) After crossing, yes, several mountain ranges, you know, all of the ones in the U.S. Yeah, yeah. So Doc gets all the way to the ocean. Yes. Hits the ocean, and then yes. they're like, okay, you're free of this. You can go wherever. You've you've completed the genie's curse. You, you are now free to move in any other direction. Okay, so in a rough estimate, because I was kind of looking up like, okay, let's look from like New York to, I, I did like San Francisco. On mm-hmm, Google mm-hmm. Maps, like walking. It is uh, a 40-day walk. They should have died. It's 3,000 miles. They should be dead is what they should be. And here's the thing. Is this uh, is is this 40 days taking into account sleeping? I don't think so. I don't so. think so. So this is more like 81 days if they never stop. Does the brain whammy allow you to stop? That's a great question. That's why I think they're dead. They should all be dead. I want to know. I want to know the specifics here. I want to know how this works. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, can you stop for food? Can you stop to pee? They've just got to you... find, like, takeout restaurants <laughs> that will let you run alongside. <laughs> You've got to wave at the hot dog stand. I would like a hot dog. I'll pay you when I get there. Well, and Have is... it ready for me as I walk by. Is there, like, a speed they have to walk at? <laughs> oh, they can just go really, really slowly. Can they slowly go really slow? As they approach that hot dog stand, so, so could, it'll be ready when they get there. Could someone want to run, or would they not be allowed to because, because they, they were told to walk? Mm-hmm. They, they could race walk like the Olympics and their butts get wiggly. Yeah. Yeah. 
Swish, swish, swish. Yeah, yeah. Like windbreakers. I think that's enough rules lawyering for now. Uh, the, the the important thing is like, yeah, I, I know Doc, and I know the number for the payphone near where he hangs out at Venice Beach. <laughs> and he's like, Doc keeps in touch. He's cool like that. And and Jacob's like, Venice Beach? Yeah, I said west. What do you not get about walk west? And they all left, and I did it because I didn't walk. You know, 40 plus days ago. 80? I think it's 80. <laughs> Otherwise, they would be dead. I think it did allow them to sleep. Across the country in 80 days. If they slept, did their legs keep moving like like a dog dreaming? Yes, yes. <laughs> Uh, so, so meanwhile, um, Veronica has Smithers, uh, trying to find her book. Yes, or, you know, an absolute perfect copy, the, the kind that yeah. will satisfy the mayor's request. Uh, Reggie has since dropped off a gift, uh, which she, you know, opens and finds the Glamourge egg, and the Glamourge egg is decorated in, uh, gaudy spiders. It's a goth egg. It's black and shiny. And, uh, when she, uh, opens it... Drops it. I don't remember what actually happens There's bugs in there. There's fucking spiders. There's bugs. But then she looks again and there isn't them. There there are and then there's not. Uh, But hey, yay Smithers. Smithers. Yay Smithers. Uh, So then we go to Kevin and Moose. And it just so happens that Moose had his copy of Lord of the Flies. Yeah, Kevin checked a book out of the library, loaned it to Moose back in high school, Moose kept track of it for all these years, and it's just like, oh yeah, hell yeah, bro. I'm, what? I'm gonna go with he loaned it to him shortly before when Moose was sent away and his room was just left untouched. Whoever in Moose's family was watching the house yeah. while Moose's dad was locked up and Moose was enlisted, just like, lock the door, come by every week or so to see whatever's going on. Yeah. Just left it, un- and, and so... Then when Moose moved home, along with his dad now... Yeah. Found, this is actually the most likely... This is the most likely thing that could have happened. This is the most likely thing in the entire episode, yeah. actually, now that I yeah. think it through. Yeah. Because remember, like, he... His dad went to jail, then he was sent away, and then, like, he went away again, and it just makes sense. You just leave it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Good job on Moose's aunt or whoever was, you know, watching the house so it didn't become a ghoulie jingle jangle den or whatever. Yeah. And so they um, talk about what character in the book they're like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Moose had, had a big crush on the hero of the book and Kevin's like, yeah, me too. But I always saw myself as a piggy. And he talks about how he apparently had a really good puberty. <laughs> We, no, we know this. We do know this. This is talked about in a different episode. Because Ke- Kevin was a chunky little guy with chunky little glasses, and he always felt awkward and left out. But anytime we've seen Kevin, he's been a hunky little Casey Cott. Yeah. This was totally talked about, though, like, but it was, like, when he was 10 or mm-hmm, whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Moose is like, well, you're definitely a rough now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But he sighs and says to himself, once a piggy, always a piggy. Okay. <laughs> well, again, yes, you are a sheriff's deputy, we know. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, have you looked at your biceps? <laughs> no, no, no. His ex is bicepsual. He's gay. I love you. <laughs> so, uh, Cheryl and the group are together. 
Yes. And she's like, so I've been doing some reading. And she's finally caught up to the point I was during the opening sequence. Yes. And she's like, you know, objects are often used to cast spells, and Percival is using these as totems to cast spells against us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, that's when Jughead's like, you know what? Okay, let me share. He took my grandfather's book, and now I look like this. What we don't know is that during the time skip, uh, Jughead's grandfather passed away. He passed away alone and is buried somewhere in an unmarked grave. And in the end, he he had a terrible case of eczema that disfigured his hands. Yes. And this is the curse that has fallen uh, upon Jughead because he is afraid of becoming his grandfather, not in the physical way that he is now, but in the sense that he would have one great novel. And die alone. And then die alone after years and years of, of nothing else to show for himself. Yeah. So this is cool. Like, I, I mean, obviously I would love an episode in the middle to tell that story that he's relating to us now. That's the best case scenario. But I'll take what I can get. Like, this is a really good payoff for that Jughead Forsyth the first relationship in season four. Yeah. It connects a lot of things about like, oh, this is his thing. Mm-hmm, like this mm-hmm. is this is what's connected and what Percival's using against him, and not and and his career anxieties from season yeah. five are yep. coming back in, yeah. in a very relatable, tangible way. Yes, they talk a bit more, and it's kind of like, oh, well, Cheryl, are you sure about this? Do you think you know we you know you you seem very like calm, and she's like, oh, I've always dabbled in the supernatural. Also, I'm very comfortable with my ghost. <laughs> Kind of like that she's around. It's yeah, fine. Yeah. So everybody's like, what are we supposed to do, though? Oh, because it's the ghost of Heather. I don't yes. know if we clarified that earlier. I... She's like absolutely convinced it's the ghost of Heather. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. And the best idea that Cheryl can come up with is just like, deal with it? Like, <laughs> just get haunted for a while? <laughs> uh, so Archie decides to break into Percival's shop. Yes. He, he wants his totem back so he yeah. won't get messed with no more. And what he sees is a cello with a note that says, Your item is not on the premise, but if you miss playing music, here you go. He got a cello present. Yay, presents! So Jughead goes back to um, see Hank. And Hank got in touch with Doc, and Doc has a fantastic memory for secondhand bookstores. So here's the thing. Through this we learn that... They can stop. They can stop. I mean, maybe he had to walk in place, but they can control the <laughs> That's walking. That's it. That's it. He had to walk in place. They can control the walking enough because, uh, you know, they were walking a lot. And so they couldn't, like, keep carrying a lot of things because that's, you know, hard. So I guess they were allowed to, like, gather their stuff. And they, they tried selling it off place by place yes. for, for hot dog stand money. So at uh, Barney's Book Barn in Allentown, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm, he mm-hmm. distinctly remember selling the book yes jughead so jughead's on a mission jughead's taking a field trip gonna go we've seen his gross out horror makeup we're kind of done with jughead now yeah jughead's also like dressed like it's negative 10 outside Mm -hmm. like full Mm -hmm. hood gloves he's trying not i'm assuming it's all gotten worse yeah yeah um so uh archie is going back to his rrotc group and they have the yearbook again and they're like oh ha 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 we figured out why you like music so much if my music teacher looked like this 
I'd be into it too. And so Archie has banned old yearbooks entirely. If he sees a yearbook, you're fired. And they're like, oh, okay, sorry, sorry. Because, like, I think they're more afraid he's going to punch them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, yeah. And, like, Archie isn't cursed with a ghost. Archie is just remembering what happened to him with the benefit of years of hindsight and, and maturity. Archie is just beginning to realize he is a survivor of abuse. There was a there was the zombie. Uh, there was a zombie. He's not seeing the zombie anymore, though. He is just having flashbacks to them being together. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. yes, he is finally dealing with the fact that this very inappropriate relationship happened. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that it was forbidden, ooh, for a reason. Yeah. Like, uh. He sees the cello, or like a cello. I don't know if it's the same cello, but I a think cello. It's the music room cello. Yeah. And he has more flashbacks to them being together, and he he picks it up and just smashes it on the floor. As if Riverdale High doesn't have enough problems with its funding. We're getting rid of the one cello. Now we gotta get a new cello. So, uh, Kevin takes Percival the book. And they have a nice business meeting, sitting on his boss's bed in his super swanky bedroom. Totally normal thing to do. That has, like, underbed lights? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's the Ford Fiesta of bedrooms. Then Percival's all like, you're a gorgeous, gorgeous man, and you deserve everything, and, you know, you never have to feel like a piggy again. And Kevin's like, how do you know all these dark secrets? And he's like, I'm the secret. And only I can release you from them. Whoa. And then they make out. Then they make out. And it's really icky. And that little piggy went wee, wee, wee all the way home. Like, mind control, make out session. Eh. Uh-uh. One, no echoey voice. Two, Kevin has never made a good decision of who to sleep with. I think this is entirely Kevin's choice. Kevin's, though, like, it's not an echoey voice in doing this, but he's been echoey voiced to be on Percival's side all along. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I... he's already mind-controlled to, like, like Percival in I... that sense. And so, like, it's this still feels, like, bad. The way I see Kevin and Alice, for that matter, both, is that they're just behaviorally manipulated. Like, Percival doesn't need the powers on those two because he can see, just like, psychologically, their their pressure points and manipulate them. Because they're just so fucked up, both of them. <laughs> and no one else in town cares about them. <laughs> Frank, though, I think he's needed the echoey voice on Frank. I think he's used the echoey voice. I just, I think because of those things, though, he doesn't have to use it constantly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That it, like, lingers and they don't question things. But he does, like, have to top it off every here and there. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. But that's why I think I'm like, oh, oh. I mean, yeah, Kevin makes bad choices, but, like, ooh, this is different. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah, we get a makeout scene and I'm like, that ain't sexy. Don't like don't like this is also the first time percival's directly said who he is and what he's about yeah Uh, is it direct or is it just flowery language Uh, it could go either way in the end but it's the closest we've got it's the most direct sounding thing we've gotten yeah so he is apparently the dark secrets Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. this along with his apparent immortality 
pointing towards something very supernatural about yeah. him. I mean, I did say he, like, sucks people's souls, so maybe he just sucks people's secrets mm-hmm. and, like, feeds mm-hmm. off those. So, uh, Betty comes home to Archie in heart-shaped sunglasses. Yes, yeah, the Lolita glasses that Grundy wore. And that does not go over well. No, 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 no. no. And- uh, Archie is very triggered. He asks, like, where did you get those? Yeah, yeah. And she's like, oh, I got them at the, the pharmacy because of my migraines. I thought they were cute. You know how I have migraines every third or fourth episode? <laughs> they really come and go. They seemed debilitating. And, and then they're just gone yeah. for a few weeks. And he's like, no, you got you to gotta take those off. You got to get rid of those. And then he lets it all out about how he's been seeing Grundy and how Percival's getting to him with Grundy. And it's... He just, like, loses it. He doesn't know how to handle it. And Betty Cooper, thank God for Betty Cooper, a hundred episodes late, but it finally happened, says that he was a victim of sexual abuse. (laughs) Straight up in black and white. She's like, Archie, we didn't use this word back then, but she groomed you. Mm -hmm. And that leads to these things. Like, that's not, that has an effect. We did in other places in 2015. It's not a new word. It just never made it into the show before. Yeah. (laughs) I appreciate that we're finally addressing it. Mm -hmm, And I mm -hmm. appreciate, though, that it's like, we didn't call it that, but that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. And not like for a word term, but like we we did not. So, so much of Archie's behavior over the first three seasons or so tied into that. Yes. 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 That, that's why this feels different from a regular, like, oh, we predicted this four weeks ago and it happened, high five. Like, no, this this was an underpinning element of what made the show work, what made the character tick for half of the character. Yeah. Well, and so he also talks about, like, he's like, you know, I, I used to play music and I stopped playing music. And was it because of her? And, like, trying to also, like, process things he hasn't processed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Whether you know was because of her or not, like he he doesn't know. He's never thought about it. He's never had to face it because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he's never wanted to think about Grundy since she died. I guess. Yeah. Or I, hey, maybe even since she got run out of town. Yeah, he has not let himself address it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so this is the first time he's having to like face what it is. It's it's a really good scene that then ends with finding out. Oh, Jughead found the books. <laughs> And he's yeah. gonna bring them back. Ch- this this book barn, it has his exact book. Yeah, but it seems to have the, the like everyone's books. Yeah, the exact like edition and printing of all of the other books too that Percival this, was asking this for. This place is the place to go. So, so if anybody is in Central Pennsylvania and you're looking for some secondhand books, I know the place. It's very close to my friend, actually. <laughs> so meanwhile, Veronica has called Geraldo. For, oh, for something professional or, or like under the table crime professional? Oh, no, no. It's a booty call. It's a come over here. Let's have some sexy time. Veronica, that dude is dating your grandma. Ew. Ew. I thought about that, actually. I mean, I don't think so, but you sure did. <laughs> why like he and reggie are like would actually be good buddies Mm -hmm, mm because they like the older ladies (laughs) Um, he's single he can go hook up with nana now nana on the rebound nana on the rebound that would be such 
such a good way to get back at Veronica <laughs> is to sleep with Abuelita. <laughs> Reggie and Anna don't have to be exclusive. He can also hook up with Abuelita. It's fine. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's got Nana Rose, but I'm thinking, like, he can go get back at Veronica and be like, well, I slept with your grandma. I'm sleeping with everyone's grandmas. He can... Jughead, you got a grandma? Like, let's go. He can go dig up the corpse of the real Miss Grundy, the uh, music teacher Miss Grundy stole the social security number of. <laughs> let's have a party. I mean, maybe Reggie shouldn't piss off Nana Rose, though, because she'll totally put a curse on him. Geraldo's all like, oh, where's Reggie? You know, admire rebound. And she's like, let's just make out. It doesn't matter. We don't need to talk about these things. And he practically says, yes, ma'am, like he's on the clock for this. Whatever you want. (laughs) Like, whatever. Um, Your grandma writes me a check. It's fine. Yeah. I gotta remember what the time code for booty call is on, on uh, uh, you know, every Friday. Gotta make sure my sheet's filled out properly, but uh, it's it's cool. So they uh, definitely have the sexy time, but guess what? We don't get to fucking see it. Um, and so Two she... makeouts. Uh, uh, uh. I, was, so... I forgot one earlier. So she wakes up next to him and she's all like, oh, Geraldo, that's exactly what I needed. And then <laughs> she realizes he's not breathing. Or moving or, or moving. anything. See, uh, and he died. It turns out Geraldo's middle name is Spiders Georg uh, because he is a statistical outlier. His face is all like ashen and and like he, he has died of some sort of horrible biological toxin. And so I um, will take your word on that because I didn't look because I thought for sure spiders were going to be crawling, crawling out of out his, his mouth. M- nose and yeah, yeah. And I was like, I don't, nope, no. nope. No, nope. that, that was not the case. What does Veronica do? She yells at Reggie. <laughs> she storms into him. And she's like, or she calls him and she's like, what the fuck was that egg? Your egg totally brought Black Widow spiders into my house and it killed Geraldo. And he's like, what was Geraldo doing there? <laughs> well, that's not important right now. Mom, your egg is a bad egg. You're uh, a bad, you're, you're, it's an educated egg decator. You're a bad egg. And, uh... Honk, honk. And so she's like, well, that doesn't matter. What matters is Betty's bestie, Dr. Colonel Jr., just took the corpse out of here. (laughs) They are besties. She's like, where did you get it? He's like, I got it at the curiosity shop. She's like, you fucking idiot. He does confirm there were zero spiders inside it. Yes, he's like, I look, I thought maybe there was a chocolate. There was no spiders, like... I get I get okay. all my chocolates out of goth eggs. So now Veronica needs to call her grandma. Yes. To be like, oh, I was having a booty call with your boyfriend and he dead. Sorry, grandma. We'll get you another young one. You're out of the will, Veronica. I'm sorry. It's all going to Hermosa now. <laughs> so uh, Betty's over at the FBI. And they got uh, another TBK-related report. This is about the yeah, girl. They, they've debriefed the, the recently escaped prisoner. Who I, like, thought we were going to, like, see at some point. Apparently maybe not. next time. And she's like, oh, yeah. And, like, he apparently, like, left the light on for her every night. So it's time for another flashback where Betty is scared of hearing monsters in the house and in the garage. And Hell's all like, you don't have to be scared of monsters. Uh, you and I are scarier. But this is after his, his first solution, which is to uh, give her a nightlight in the shape of a very happy baby. It was the nightlight. 
nightlight that was seen in an earlier episode. Yeah, it's like the origin story of the nightlight is this yeah. one time when Betty's scared. But yeah, the, the end of the f- uh, flashback is, I don't know, reinforcing the serial killer genes or whatever. Yeah. But yeah. And so Betty, like, realizes, she's like, oh, dang, they have the profile lo- wrong. It's not a 30-year-old loner white boy. Congratulations. Whew. Uh, it's a father. No babies. No babies. We are safe. <laughs> we will not be, you will not be a serial killer because no babies. I won't be this serial killer, at least. True. I mean, profiling is trash, just FYI. Like, after this episode goes up, I'm going to link the most recent episode of Citations Needed, uh, uh, which coincidentally is about how criminal profiling is lionized in fiction and nonfiction and how harmful it is to uh, the actual justice system and how completely ineffectual it is when you look at the statistics of crime solving. Yep. Yeah. So they decide to broaden their search... Her FBI friend goes off to do that. Meanwhile, uh, Reggie bursts in the Percival's yes, curiosity yes. shop. I and love he's like, this scene so much. Something's going on. What are you? A wizard? <laughs> it's the way his eyes bug out and his forceful pointing. Like, no disbelief at all. Are you a wizard? Tell me I must know. And Percival's like... I'm a magic man, you might say. I'm Pavel Datsyuk. And (laughs) Reggie replies, can you teach me your magic? (laughs) Reggie wishes to be the sorcerer's apprentice. (laughs) And he's going to chop up all the brooms all tiny. (laughs) That's the scene. scene. It's Reggie bursting in, asking if he's a wizard. And he's like, basically, yeah, I do magic. Great. (laughs) Teach me your ways. So, so the next scene, everybody else is at the shop, <laughs> and they've brought the books, and so they get their stuff, because they want their stuff, and Percival no longer has a legal pretense to keep their stuff. Yes. Uh, except, like, Veronica, who's like, no, you can keep that painting, I don't want yes. that back. <laughs> Again, I'm not into this. Why am I in this scene? I do not care. I was just here for Froyo. We stopped here on the way. They, they leave with their stuff and Cheryl's except like the painting. except the painting and Cheryl's like we need to do a ritual what kind of ritual will this be Jason's eighth funeral <laughs> well the ritual is burning stuff so always yeah. of course of course it is uh so they they put everything in Cheryl's fireplace uh and they're like Oh, including Jason? And she's like, oh, no, no, I've already burned Jason. It's fine. Further cleansing is unnecessary. Um, But Jughead has second thoughts. He has cold feet. Yes. Because he cannot burn the last memory, the last token, the last memento he has of his grandfather. This supportive relationship he had for, frankly, might have only been a few months, but a very impactful few months on a young writer. Yes. Uh, uh, And never mind just the, the, like philosophical hesitance to do any sort of book burning period. Yeah. Like, we're not going to do that. Cheryl's like, fine, gonna burn everything else. Yeah. So- you, you've made your bed, you lay in it, whatever. So there's been, what, there's been six curses. Yes. And we've narrowed it down to five people watching them burn three things. Yes. A guitar, a diary, and wait, that's it. That's it. <laughs> It's just we a... don't do the painting, we don't do Jason, and we don't do <laughs> Chuckhead's book. So we're just burning it's just two things. Archie and Betty shit. 
And seven curses. I forgot Kevin again. Fuck, there's seven curses and they only burn two things in the end. It's it's like a tournament bracket. We get Jughead's narration coming back. Mm-hmm. And he's like, uh, and for those at home keeping score, uh, Percival's added two more allies to his army. And he's officially writing like under his ally section, Kevin Keller and Reggie Mantle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Along with like under like four other names. He only has six allies, apparently. <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's Alice, it's Frank, uh, I think it's Tom Keller? Probably Tom Keller. And now these two. Okay. Yep. Okay, yep. it was just three above it. Yep. Because one wants to keep making out in that swank-ass bed, mm-hmm. and the other wishes to be a wizard. Wizard! A wizard! A wizard! Wizard forums! <laughs> I want Kevin to find that out and been like, dude, if you wanted to be a wizard, we could have like... <laughs> We could have just played my game. Everyone's a wizard. Let's play Ars Magica. Reggie, play Ars Magica with me. I'm starting a new Mage the Ascension campaign, Reggie. We can all be wizards. Uh, so Jughead's voiceover is like, you know, we survived, but everything told me we weren't done pain. And then Veronica gets a call from Dr. Colonel Jr., my favorite. And he's like... Who's never... He never comes to the chase. He always has to lead you by the hand, step by step, to the information. (laughs) So he's like, it indeed was Black Widow Venom, but... But a a far higher dose than any Black Widow can give. And she's like, oh, maybe there was a lot of spiders. And he's like, yeah, maybe, but none of them bit him. (laughs) But I think I've identified where the Venom entered his body, his lips, his death. Seems to have been sealed with a kiss. And so the last shot is uh, uh, like Veronica's shocked face as she starts to process what this would mean as the camera pulls in tighter and tighter, zooming in on her lips. She a spider lady. It's the kiss of the spider woman. She has superpowers and she's a spider lady who can kill people. Very literally tied to the book from the library. Yeah. Not nothing to do. Okay. Okay. So let's go from the top. Jughead. Mm-hmm. You. He is metamorphosizing, but he's metamorphosizing into his grandfather. So it's a little bit the book, but a lot the totem. Mm-hmm. Archie. The the book and the the totem are both Grundy focused. So it's kind of both. Yeah. His, his curse. Betty's curse. Not really a curse. Just remembering things really strongly. Yes. Also kind of tied to, to the book because it's in her memories and the totem because it's her recording her memories. Yes. Veronica, hard just to the one. Nothing to do with her father or the painting. No. In fact, to the I point... Mean, he gave her a lot of glamourge eggs. To the point where I do not think Veronica was cursed. I think for, because Veronica was so ambivalent to this whole thing... Yeah. She just coincidentally developed her superpowers. Her superpower is Venom Kiss. Yeah, these are totally her superpowers. It just happened by sheer coincidence to kind of look like a curse. And She wasn't cursed. Reggie's going to eventually be like, dang, I'm glad we stopped having sex. (laughs) Got out just in time. Reggie's totem was his book. Very tied together. Okay, definitely a real curse. Kevin... Didn't get a curse. Didn't have a totem. Just got uh, uh, extra emotional manipulation through the book. Yeah. Cheryl? Mm-hmm. 
Cheryl's a weird outlier because if she got cursed by the ghost of Heather, who is not dead, so shouldn't have a ghost. So I guess the physical memory of Heather leaving her flowers. Yes. It has nothing to do with Jason. No. Or the book Flowers in the Attic, except, again, very literally, she found flowers in an upstairs bedroom, not even an attic. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The rules seemed really inconsistent and slapdash while watching it, but after running through them one by one like that, I don't think they are, because they do seem pretty consistent, like the, the curse is a manifestation of both of those things together. When there is a curse. Mm -hmm. It becomes a lot clearer if you discount uh, uh, Veronica as a red herring, actually. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) So, darling, what did you think of chapter 108, Ex Libris? Oh my god, there is so much. We had to check in with everyone, everyone, everyone. But, it's kind of nice to see everyone. Mm -hmm. I'll let you say what you want to say and then I'll say This is a great episode. This is a great old-fashioned 120 miles an hour Riverdale episode. So much. Because, yes, it has so many people, and they all have something to do. They do all have something to do. And they come together. And it's things that aren't annoying. Yeah. Uh, I do appreciate that that it rewards engaged viewing. It... it, uh, uh, Sometimes when the show recalls its, you know, 100 episode length now, it's it's for, like, cheap heat, you know, Easter eggs, hey, remember when. But no, we're really, like, drawing on and recontextualizing and, and reinvigorating these old plots in this new plot. Yeah. Except for the one case where I'm really pissed off at a dumbass well, retcon. Yeah, that one was fucking stupid. But even that is something. Like, there's something there. It's a bad thing, but it's something. <laughs> Well, and everything but that one, like, it's the nice thing where they bring stuff back, but it's not just like, oh, and you remember that random thing? And we're not going to say anything else about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, there was a little bit more meat to it. Yeah, And yeah. especially with, like, Archie's thing with Grundy. Yeah. Like, literally been waiting years. Years. It's years, years. too late, you know? That's, that's my big complaint. It's years too late. It is years too late, but it's also, like... But it's there. It's there, and it's actually, like, really good yeah even though it's years too i'm like oh my this is what you could have done this at any point and it would have been good mm-hmm, really glad mm-hmm. you did it you should have done it before but i'm glad we got it like i can see i can see the logic in it waiting past the time skip as yes. annoying as that is as a viewer yeah but but like treating these people as people who grow and change and having seven eight years now to reflect back honestly it's really good like, it's a good choice to have it have to be addressed in the school where he is a teacher. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He's and now on the other foot. And these kids that they've cast as their teens, I think these are real teens. These are real Like, teens. these are young as, and, and it really underlines that divide for him now that he is on the other side. Yeah. In, in a way that casting 19-year-olds and your teacher is cast as a 24-year-old isn't quite so clear. Yeah. And this is very, like, no, like, those kids actually look like they're 16. Yeah. You know, it's the same places that it's almost, you almost wonder, like, oh, my God, how did he not have, like, and reactions I mean, to it sooner while and, being a teacher there? And to clarify, I meant visually clear. Like, when oh, KG yeah. Appa was 19, he also kind of looked 22, 23. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, and that's the thing is, like, I mean, he was the youngest of the cast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But... He looked like he was early 20s and you're casting someone... Because he was jacked as shit. Yes, he was. (laughs) Um, But you cast someone who's just a couple years older. 
who's supposed to be like 10 years older or whatever, it doesn't, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you give it passes. Yeah. Or, I mean, you, if, you shouldn't, but like it. If Madgen Amick was in the Grundy role instead of the Alice role, that whole plot would have read so immediately differently. Yes. I saw an episode of Gossip Girl where she was <laughs> where basically she the Grundy. Miss Grundy. <laughs> Let me tell you, if if sex, if Riverdale ever ends, I feel like I could do a Gossip Girl show as I watch it for the first time, yep. and I will mostly talk about vitamin water. <laughs> I have seen one episode, and I am hooked. I think what I enjoy about this episode isn't so much that it's a mile a minute, isn't that, that it's overstuffed for overstuffing's sake, as fun as that is to watch, is that the plots all do tie into things we've been with these characters through forever. Except Veronica, she's a special little girl that gets superpowers today. Yeah. She had her superpower mitzvah, we're all very proud. (laughs) I love this episode for wizards. Wizards! Wizards and um, having to figure out how you walk west (laughs) and what that means. It brings me joy. These boots are made for walking, and that's what they're going to do for 40 days. Are they all like, oh yeah, I'll just walk west now, and they all like turn and start going, or is it something where like their feet move, and they're all like, no, no, like what's going on? Just sort of Pied Piper style, they cannot help themselves. I can't make my feet stop, Hank. Tell our story. (laughs) And then he doesn't. He doesn't for two months until some kid comes around asking for a book? A book? (laughs) Hank, come on. I'm disappointed in you, Hank. You think it would have made it around? Like, you think, like, Percival or someone would have been like, oh, there's still a, a homeless person. Hank is Percival Pickens' greatest adversary. I will take you down one day. What if that's what this is all about? Like, what if he's working up to figure out a way to get rid of Hank? Like, he could have just said, and and roll to the West Coast. What? Well played, old man. Well played. Are you a wizard? Are you also a wizard? <laughs> Wizardry! So, darling, do you have any predictions? I predict that uh, Doc is living a good life over in Venice. He, he's found a... He's working on his tan. Yeah, he's really enjoying the warm weather, the beach life. It's uh, basically retirement for him. It's you mm-hmm, know what mm-hmm. he always wanted. I think Veronica, super assassin. Oh. Yeah, yeah. She, she's... Oh, she's going to get hired by Abuelita to kill yes, everyone. Yes, yes. Now it's her job. Yeah. She's got to work off her debt to Abuelita by killing people because uh, Geraldo can't. And then she's like, I could get paid so much for this shit. <laughs> I was just thinking like, okay, you think Dr. Curdle Jr. is into it? <laughs> into He's what? Like, like <laughs> you can bring me death. With oh, your lips. Oh. Like, like, yeah. Do you mean he wants her to deliver a new stream of interesting corpses? Or does he want to taste the venom? Both. Okay. Both. A lot of Tom Hardy fans also want to taste venom. But that's different. <laughs> it's not that different. You know that's how Woody Harrelson becomes Carnage in that movie? No. Like, they get... Like, he licks him? They get in a fight, and, like, he winds up, like, biting off a bit of venom and swallowing it, and then it, like, grows in his tummy to become carnage. 
So Tom Hardy yeah. could be like getting some blowjobs. He could. And like making little bit ba- little venoms. Maybe that's okay. how you I mean, I know Michelle Williams becomes Venom for, like, a scene in both movies. Maybe that's how. she sucked him off? Maybe. <laughs> I gotta watch these movies. Like, does, does he have wind. to be, like, Venom in the moment for it to work? I'm just repeating hearsay. Or I'm not the like, person to ask these questions. Like, his spit. Like, is it, if he makes out as, like, Tom Hardy, it can happen. Or does he have to, like, be making out as, like, Venom? Because that's, like, a whole different level of Frenching. Yeah, you will suffocate. (laughs) I mean, people always focus on the tongue, but they forget about the teeth. That's all I'm going to say. You've got to be careful. Got to be careful. Got to be careful. Got to be careful. I have a prediction that completely recontextualizes everything Percival Pickens has done. Okay. I think he is here not to destroy our heroes, but to test them and train them for the final battle. He is on their side with tough love. Oh. Because look at what these, quote, curses are. They are them confronting parts of themselves and building themselves up better with that knowledge. Archie Mm -hmm. is better off and in a better position to be the hero that we keep waiting for him to be Mm -hmm. all these years if he can accept what happened to him in sophomore year. Mm -hmm. If Betty... Betty, better understanding her childhood with her father, is better helping her catch TBK. Like, these are all beneficial experiences they are getting. Okay, so he made sure Veronica got the Glamour J egg, which helped trigger off the fact that she has these powers. Yes! Hmm. Yes! Hmm. So who's the real villain, then? Who are they gonna fight? Nukes. In general. All of them. I mean, yeah, it is a nuclear war. I don't I don't know who they're being built up, but like Percival is their boxing coach. What if it's the US government? What if? I mean remember that military base? Right? That military base. That we haven't heard anything about in a while. I'm predicting the US government. Okay. Yep. <laughs> I mean it is the villain of reality. So it I mean, only yeah. makes sense. Yeah. So let's talk about what we do know is coming at us next week. Next week's episode is chapter one hundred and nine Venomous. This might be named for a 2001 made-for-TV movie about super snakes starring Treat Williams, your favorite TV dad. He's not my favorite TV dad. Second favorite TV dad. Top five. I mean, he wasn't a good dad, honestly. He was pretty (laughs) bad at being a dad, but he did try. (laughs) But I do really like Everwood. (laughs) Okay, that's what I'm trying to get to. But anyway, the trailer for Venomous shows goth Veronica. Oh yeah, she is embracing being probably a spider. She's got her black lipstick, she's got her spider brooch, and Reggie is threatening her. And she kisses Archie. And Archie... She is horny, and she can kiss Archie because he's unkillable. unkillable, So her venom won't do anything. It's like in X-Men 2, when Rogue thinks that... Iceman would be able to, like, survive her kissing. I don't know why she thinks that, but it turns out she's wrong and he almost dies. I mean, it's a good thought because it creates, like, a layer of frost that would act like a glove. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I can understand her, her pro. I feel like they should have hey. taken a little slower to, like, find out. Anna Paquin, dental dams. Also important for Venom. Just saying. Mm-hmm. 
But but Archie is also inspired to run around shirtless with fireworks in his hands. Or like a torch that goes like whoosh. <laughs> and he also does some boxing. And maybe has some sexy time with Betty. With Betty. that We get more flashbacks to, to Hal again. There is the weirdest shot of someone getting a back massage. <laughs> and they're little from baby hands. Baby hands. It looks they're, like baby hands. They're the size of adult hands, but they're the stubby proportions of baby hands. It's really weird. And I'm so curious what's happening with the baby hands back massage. <laughs> I really want to know whose fucking hands those are. That we've never <laughs> noticed have weird baby hands. And the trailer ends with Goth Veronica refusing to be intimidated by Reggie Mantle, oh. the wizard's apprentice. Oh, and Betty wants Jughead to read her mind. And there's a musical number. Yes, yes, Veronica will sing in a sequined Black Widow jumpsuit leotard. Probably from the musical. P- perhaps, because we didn't use enough of the songs in the uh, uh, Katie Keene episode. Yeah, that's what's to come. And that is what's... That, that looks like a banger. Yes. Someone will bang. We probably won't see it, but it will happen. Just that shot of Betty's bare leg in the trailer is the sexiest this show has been all year. Archie running around with flames, also. Depends on who you are, I guess. It it takes all kinds. I, I just want a scene that's as, like, oh, as when, like, Jughead... And Betty, we're getting it on in the trailer the and first like sex scene. tossed her up, yeah, on the counter, and you got uh um Believer going, and it's like, fuck yeah! Like, I just want that. You know they make porn, right? You, you get a <laughs> lot more. Like, I agree with you, but I agree with you, but if you're so desperate, it's it's out there. It walks among you. <laughs> They, they really don't get the music right, though. That's and true. The, the, the like, music licensing. The, the music makes a difference. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Skin- also, I need emotional attachment. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I need to spend multiple years of my life caring. <laughs> it's just not the same with a stepmom you just met a few minutes ago. In, like, a, in like a schoolgirl uniform? Like, no thank you. She's taking night classes. She's bettering herself. <laughs> Stepmoms want to go to school, too. (laughs) All right. So thank you all for joining us. This might be your last episode. (laughs) Uh, But we had a great time making it all the same. Uh, If you'd like to encourage us to go farther and deeper (laughs) into Riverdale and its future. And sometimes it's past. Sometimes we get kind of, you know, retrospectives like this one. Even Smithers showing up for, like, one minute is such a callback. This is such a, like, for for the old heads episode, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. You can help us along by just telling a friend about the show. Uh, uh, Just just talk to us. Just talk to other people. Uh, Hit us up on Twitter at sex underscore Archie. And just chat. We love it when people do that. Or, uh, uh, of course, recommending us to people who want to know what the hell's going on. Wait, they still make that show? What are they even doing? (laughs) And then you could say, oh my god, you have no idea. <laughs> yes. Yes. We're, yes. we're great for that. Yeah. Go tell all the people that are waiting for us to make a History Honeys again. No. <laughs> Come join this, this fun. This is where we're, we are. We're pumping out great like, material here. And I... I don't want to say making that show wasn't fun. It was. I will say making this show a lot more fun. <laughs> a lot more fun. 
and a lot less overhead. So that's two points in its favor. Bring them to our ways. <laughs> so with that, I'm Elena. I'm Grant, and from us here at Sex Archie, what are you? A wizard? Archie's